Welcome to a new podcast called The A to Z of Needs. And today I want to go through the complete theory of needs, what they are, how they work within relationship, and how to get them met most effectively, which is supposed at the end of the day to create the most happiness for everyone who has needs, which is all of us. So what is the purpose of life? The purpose of life, of course, is to be happy. And how do you become happy? As I explained in the podcast on relating, you become happy by having as many of your needs met as possible in as great a degree as possible as far as your physical existence is concerned. So what happens is you'll have feelings that tell you when specific needs are being met or not being met. And fulfilling your needs is following your feelings because your feelings are telling you when your needs are being met or also are not being met. So if the purpose of life is to be happy and your feelings tell you what needs aren't being met and getting your needs met makes you happy, then you're only here on this planet to fulfill your needs. Let me say it one more time. You're only here on this planet to fulfill your needs. Now, this runs contrary to a lot of the programming that you may have had about you're here to make your family, your spouse, your children happy. You are here to be a valuable contributor to society or many other ideas floating around from religions or from others. And I'm going to just skip over all the shallow explanations that we should know are nonsense about you're here to get a big car and a bigger house and um, make lots of money. I'm going to assume we're past that level. But um, very often we can be sold on the idea that we're here to make other people happy, which is a ridiculous proposal because we can't feel for other people. We have no clue what it is will make them happy unless they can express that to us. And we can understand it in a very small manner just by trying to guess. But the only person that we can make happy is the person whose feelings we feel, and that is us. So, again, you are only here to fulfill your needs. Remember that, because that is the path to your happiness. And even if you don't quite believe that yet, if you believe you have to sacrifice, in quotes, for other people, then think about, will you be able to help, again in quotes, other people best when you're happy and having all your needs met, or when you're unhappy and not having all your needs met? It should be obvious. So again, the purpose of life is to become happy. You become happy by getting all your needs met. Now, society, culture, religion, and family all teach us, in one way or another, to sublimate our needs for the needs of the group. But the group doesn't exist as a separate entity. Without individuals, there is no group. Only if every individual in the group is happy, is the group happy. This should be logical. So don't believe these tricks of language. Again, look up my podcast about avoiding labels and concepts and how they keep us away from 
the reality of reality of life and being happy and realize that your happiness is just as important to the happiness of the group as everyone else's and the group can never be totally happy unless you're happy so first achieve your happiness and then you can worry about making the group happy now we're taught to let go of our needs to deny them to not express them and not negotiate for them through violence violence as i've defined it through nonviolent communication with marshall rosenberg is the use of threat, punishment, reward, blame, shame, and guilt to manipulate someone else or to modify their behavior. Whenever, for example, someone calls us selfish for asking what we want, and usually this happens at a very young age, then, or tries to make us feel bad because we're asking for something, then they're using violence against us. Now, some people may actually beat us or threaten to beat us, And that's one way to use violence, to get people to let go of what they need and to deny what they feel. However, all of these other things, this blame, these threats, this shame, this guilt, these are all also insidious ways, ignoring someone, that's a form of punishment, insidious ways to get them to let go of what's important to them and their needs and to find and to make them do what we want them to do. So needs are our pathways to happiness, and feelings are the signposts that lead to these pathways. We have pleasant feelings, which we describe as happiness or pleasure or joy when our needs are being fulfilled. We have unpleasant feelings, sadness, anger, pain, fear, if our needs aren't being fulfilled. And as we follow our true needs, positive or negative, disconnected from all the programming and socialization that comes into us, then we are in our true power and able to respond effectively to get our needs met or to learn through experience how to respond most effectively to get our needs met. So a strategy is comes from NBC, I'm going to define it here, is a method for getting your needs fulfilled. So for example, I'm going to talk about there is a need for creativity. Now, one person enabled to get their need for creativity to be met may paint, another may sing, someone else may um, design automobiles, There can be literally an infinite amount of strategies, an infinite number of strategies, to getting virtually any need met. If my need is to eat because I'm hungry, hungry is the feeling, to eat and have nourishment is the need, then I can eat a million different things, virtually unlimited and different in every culture. I can have sushi or steak or hamburgers or plankton, if I can actually digest that. And this can handle my need or solve my need for hunger or for food. So all of these different strategies for getting our needs met are often very individual and connected to us. One person likes steak, another person uh, loves avocados, 
or salad, right? And these are various strategies for getting these needs met. And I'm not going to put any value judgment on any of these strategies right here because this is up to every person. Now, a couple things about strategies. First of all, we get very connected to a specific strategy for solving needs. Um, if we enjoy painting, we will tend to do that very often, if that's how we fulfill our need for creativity. Um, if we enjoy a sp specific food, we may eat that one very often, and that will help us meet our need when we're hungry. But what we should be careful of is getting stuck on a particular strategy for getting a need met. Because if we limit ourselves to a single strategy, then we may not have the flexibility to get our needs met when that strategy falls away. In other words, um, I need to be hugged by you, speaking a specific person. Maybe there's someone else who can give us a hug and it's just as nice and fulfills our need for love just as much as the other person, uh, as our number one choice would. So we can be flexible about our strategies. That doesn't mean that we have to change our strategies. If, um, you know, we have difficulty getting a strategy met in a certain way, we don't have to change them. But what we can do is consider other options and be open to them in getting our needs met. And so often if we ask for something to meet a specific need and we've expressed that to someone, and if you want to understand that process even more deeply, study nonviolent or compassionate communication by Marshall Rosenberg. A lot of the ideas I'll be talking about today come from nonviolent communication. But if we suggest a strategy to someone and they say no, then that's a chance to start looking for alternate strategies, start looking for alternate times that this person can do the strategy we want. It's an opportunity to reconsider and to go into dialogue about how we can get this need met. For example, that this person can also explain to us or provide us with other ideas and other strategies about how to get this need met. So when we're negotiating to get our needs met, it's important to stay open to discussion with the person who might have just said no so that we can find other ways of getting our needs met or find another time or get ideas about this person from this person about other ways of meeting this need with them or others or in a different manner. Now, there are nine fundamental categories of needs. And these, again, I got from Marshall Rosenberg, but he got them from someone else. And this is from the, uh, the teacher training of nonviolent communication. And we'll look at these one by one. I'll go through the complete list first. Number one, sustenance, such as food, air, water, shelter, clothing. Number two, safety and protection. Number three, love. Number four, empathy. 
Number five, rest, recreation, and play. Number six, community. Number seven, creativity. Number eight, autonomy and freedom. And number nine, meaning or purpose. Now, this isn't necessarily the only list you can use, and you may find you have needs that you think fall outside somewhere of these nine categories. That's fine. You can also use Maslow's hierarchy of needs to find a list of needs that you might be having. So if you're not feeling good, then you can start looking down either Maslow's list or the list I just gave you for a list of which needs could possibly be underfed and needing to be dealt with until you can find which need you're actually missing and then develop strategies for fulfilling it and then actually get it fulfilled. So this list of needs provides a map. And the map is useful because I find many of us, perhaps most of us, are not in contact with our needs. We don't know what we need and why. And this makes it difficult to get these needs met if we can't identify them. So having this map gives us a list of things that we can look for and think about regarding our general happiness and where we can start to make changes based on these categories and it can provide us a much more fulfilled and happy life from the outset. So I'd like to go down each of these individually and just take a brief look at each one and then we can talk about things you can think about regarding these needs and um, think about also ways you can get these needs met. So, number one, sustenance. Food, air, water, shelter, clothing. Now we're talking about the basics here. And of course, you can apply creativity to clothing as well and food, um, maybe play, can be connected to your shelter. Maybe you design a shelter for play or it's fun designing a shelter or creating your shelter, right? So various needs intertwine and get fulfilled in different ways. Maslow's hierarchy seems to indicate that you need to get one need met and then you go up a level. So the bottom need is food, water, air, and uh, sexual gratification for Maslow and then you go up to the next level. Now, the need system that I am using in this particular podcast is called Human Scale Development and was developed by Manfred Max-Neef, N-E-E-F, and you can find more about that on the web. But it doesn't really matter which system of needs or which list you use and apply. The important thing is to find some sort of map that actually we should have been trained in from our youngest years about what our needs are and be assisted in fulfilling them. This is basic human life. And with wrong ideas about this, almost everything else can be subject to extreme error. So again, we're looking at the basic needs of subsistence is the first one. So this is food, air, water, shelter, clothing, the basics, so to speak. 
And you can take a moment to think about how well your needs are being met. Is your air clean? Do you have other problems with your air? Is your water clean? And what is being done to either make it clean or to make it dirty or to create other properties that you may or may not like dealing with your water? Shelter. Now, basic shelter to survive is one thing. But does your shelter meet your needs? And that includes many of the other needs as well, as I explained. And clothing. Does your clothing meet your needs best? And food, of course. So is your food meeting your needs? What are your needs around your food? First of all, you need food, but what things, what elements of your food, you know, is it cleanliness, is it variety, what things make you happy with regard to your food? And once you start to look at these things, for example, if your air is not clean, you can think about various strategies for getting better air. Is it moving? Is it installing a filter in your home? These are all strategies. Is it lobbying to government to pass more regulations or is it talking to the factory owner down the street or what can you do or what do you need to do if your air isn't meeting your standards is it always smelly um, what can you do to get air that you need so you understand you're looking at each aspect of your life and considering all the needs there and considering how you get the needs met in that specific aspect more effectively. So that's something to think about and an exercise to do. Perhaps you can write uh, minus or zero or plus, whether you think that need is getting fulfilled well or so-so or needs work, not at all, or not so well. You can put that on a piece of paper, write it down, think about it for each need. And when you find out which needs aren't met and how they're not being met, that you can come up with strategies then to get these needs met. And really, it's as simple as that. Yet it's something that I was never taught, that I didn't discover for many, many years. It wasn't something that was that was taught. So, need number two, safety and protection. Do you feel like your physical safety is assured? Do you feel like there's physical danger? Or danger in other ways? And if or rate it from 1 to 5, doesn't matter how you do it. Just think about it and put some thought into how you would say this need is being met for you right now. And based on that, what are some strategies that might help you to feel more safe or protected? Now, something interesting can happen. You can have a strategy that you think will meet a need, and when you implement this strategy, it may not meet your need. Right? So you may have a strategy that you think will meet your need, and when you implement it, 
It doesn't meet your need. For example, with a pollution idea you think a strategy might be, talk to the local city council. And perhaps you speak with them and they don't listen and nothing happens. And then you know this strategy was ineffective in meeting your need. In which case, of course, you can try another strategy and another until you find the one that meets your need. And one strategy that works often, maybe you like pizza, but after having it five days in a row, all of a sudden it isn't meeting your need in the same way anymore. Maybe you need more variety in your culinary choices, and so you choose another way to get that need met. And this can happen as well. So the strategy can change. And there can be varying strategies that need to be applied to get needs met. And that's up to you to decide. Number three, need for love and affection. So there are various ways of getting this need met. First of all, you can analyze that minus zero plus need getting met or not. What are some strategies? Cuddling, hugs, sex, for example. Kissing, holding hands. What are all the ways that you need for affection? And that can be met. What are all the strategies that can be used to meet your need for affection or love? And is this happening? And if not, what are some things you can do to get those strategies fulfilled? So if, if one way to have that need met is to hold hands, then how can you hold hands? How can you set up a situation where that can happen? Who can you find with whom you could hold hands, etc., right? Number four, understanding or empathy, or I call it presence very often. So not only do we need love and affection, but we need reflection. So someone to understand us or help us open up to our feelings and our interpretations of situations. How well is that being met? Again, minus, zero, or plus, or from one to five, whichever method suits you best. Just think about that and give that a score and a value. And then depending upon the score and the value you give that, start to think of some strategies for getting your need for understanding met, or empathy, or presence. Do you need to call up a friend and ask them to listen to you? Do you need to find a therapist? I would encourage you to make this conscious, if at all possible. In other words, that you tell the person what it is you're needing, such as to be listened to, and experiment with that and see what happens in order that you can tell whether this need is going to be met, because simply calling up a friend, maybe that person wants to be listened to too, then your need probably won't be met that much. So really be clear about your needs with whomever you're asking for a specific need to be met, as clear as you can possibly be in the strategy that you want. Number five, rest, recreation, and play. 
So there's a lot of reasons that you need a timeout from anything in life that is becoming excessive. Physical work, of course. Um, also mental work, emotional work. And so rate that in your life. Probably rest and recreation separately from minus to zero to plus or from one to five. Is this need getting met or not? And after you've rated each of these, then ask yourself, what strategies can I apply in order to get that need for rest, recreation, or play to get met more effectively? Do I schedule in time to go on bike rides or play tennis? Do I schedule in naps during the day? What is it you need to have that need met? Independent of whether the fact that it's going to help you work better or be more productive. Which is, again, a concept. And only a direct human need in as much as it relates to creativity and community and meaning. But for its own sake. So you need rest because that's a need. You need recreation because it's a need. And fulfilling it will make you happy. And that's all you need to be concerned about. You don't need to feel guilty about the degree to which you're getting that need met. Or whether you're taking too much time to get that need met according to someone else. Only you can judge how much time you need to spend to get that need met. And spend that time. Number six, community and participation. Humans are group animals. We wouldn't have survived effectively alone. Some animals can hunt immediately when they're born or graze, but we can't. And not only can we not do that, we can't walk for over a year and we can't really fend for ourselves until we reach the teenage years. So that need for community is important from that point of view. On the other hand, there's something extremely important about our sociality and having others to specialize at certain tasks and get specific things done for us within the community. And this may have just simply evolved as a survival characteristic. But it isn't, or come from our past, but is a necessary component of us in any case. To be in community, to contribute to community, and to participate with others. You can't play in a band all alone. Well, you can, but it's a different experience, isn't it? So with others, we can have experiences, and participating with them, we can have experiences that we wouldn't be able to have alone. So look at that and score that from minus to zero to plus in your life. Or from one to five. And if you find that you are in the minus or zero or from one to three, what are some ways 
that you can, or even from one to four, what are some ways that you can effectively have more community in your life? And those are your strategies. And think about when you're going to implement your strategies as well. Simply writing down a strategy and having no plan for it when it can be done will make it much less likely to be taken care of, won't it? Number seven, creativity. Creativity seems to be a basic need for all of us, and we express that in a number of different ways to bring new ideas and new creation into the world. So rate that first of all. How creative do you feel in your life? How satisfied creatively? From one to five or minus zero plus. And what are some strategies that you use successfully, which is also important? What has worked well in the past? And what are some things that you think you might want to do in the future to get this need met? more effectively. Number eight, autonomy or freedom. Again, rate zero, minus, or plus, or from one to five. How free do you feel? How autonomous do you feel? Do you feel you are choosing the direction of your life, that you have control about what you would like to do or not? Do you feel there's influences or people that are having a negative effect upon this factor in your life? And if so, what are some strategies that you can implement to have a more autonomous, free life and to feel your freedom? Very important concept. Without being able to be free, it's very difficult to meet many of these needs in any effective way because you will have to take the action in freedom to get them met. So this is a very important need, one that's fundamental to many cultures and ideas, whether they're religious or political, the idea of the freedom, the, the agency of men or of men and women, and applying that freedom and that principle to your life. So look at that and look at some strategies to fulfill your need for autonomy or freedom. And the last one, identity, purpose, or meaning. So who are you? Why are you here? What directions are you going? How will you find out? how you can contribute, or what your meaning is, or how you, or what your identity is, or how can you express it if you found it. Again, rate this from minus zero plus, or from one to five. And if you don't feel that this is being fulfilled at its highest potential, what are some strategies that you can do to find more meaning and purpose contribution, or sometimes called spirituality as well, in your life. Now I want to talk a little bit about 
some of the strategies we get needs meant in which we must relate to others. It will be hard to get needs for love or understanding met without someone to meet the need. Or maybe you can feel understood by a dog, perhaps. But in general, many of us are going to want someone to help help us fulfill these needs. The way that we get needs met is by relating with others. So once we've come up with strategies, we express these strategies. We ask for them to be met. And then we negotiate with people to find out how we can best get them met. And this is discussed completely and extensively in the podcast on relating. Now, where use in our society to primarily get needs met through the action of shopping. This is the one place where we can go, know what we're going to give, pay the money, and get what it is we want. And because of this, many of us do something called retail therapy, which is basically another form of an addiction. And addictions are things that we do to get needs met that can't be met through that method for that need. So if every time we were sad and were crying and needed understanding, someone put a cookie in our mouth, then it's very easy to think, okay, my need for understanding is being fulfilled by cookies, and so we feed ourselves every time that need isn't being met. And this can result in all sorts of health issues, of course. Just as if we go shopping every time we need a hug and buy a new pair of shoes. This is sort of a transposed symbolic way of getting the need met, but it actually doesn't really get the need met because we've only distracted ourselves a bit from the need that we really have, which is why addictions tend to increase and get worse and compulsions as we ignore the needs that are actually behind them. And we're also not trained, and we also don't have very much experience with relating to others without money to help us get our needs met. But I would recommend you start practicing this and expressing your needs and asking for them to be met without the medium of money, realizing that there's something called natural giving, and people like to meet your needs. They enjoy meeting your needs. Or there is someone who will enjoy meeting the need that you have because your need for affection can fulfill someone else's need for meaning. Or someone else's need for creativity can fulfill my need for food. Do you understand this? So needs are symbiotic. It's not like I fulfill my need for food and someone else just had to suffer to make that happen. No, there are people who enjoy gardening and growing food. There are people who enjoy cooking and preparing food. And if that's something that we don't enjoy creatively, we can have that need met by someone who's enjoyed every step of the path to get our need met. So all of us fulfilling each other's needs make a richer, more fulfilled world 
There isn't a limited amount of resources, as far as people are concerned, to meet needs, because every new person in meeting their needs will meet other people's needs as well. So don't feel you're being selfish when you start asking for your needs, because you will be meeting other people's needs as well. The person you ask for a hug may need a hug themselves. And if they don't, then you can find someone who does, and you can both meet your needs at the same time, symbiotically. A word on negotiation. Sometimes, as I've stated, when you receive a no, it may be a not now, and you may need to change the time. Sometimes you may need to change the manner or the strategy. What else could I do to fulfill that need? Or sometimes there might just be another place where you can have this need met. Not here, but somewhere else. So if you receive a no, start your negotiations and start discussing how you could possibly change the no to the yes, what other needs of that person you can meet in order to get your needs met. This doesn't mean that you will always get your needs met, even if you're the perfect negotiator. But if you're open to a discussion once you receive that no and start looking how to get your needs met, you're much more likely to find a situation that will work for both of you. Now that you have a list of your needs, how well they're being met at the moment, contributing to your total happiness, remember, strategies for getting them met, then think of specific people who could help you meet those strategies and list them with every need. Once you've been able to list the person who you would like you to help you meet each specific need, then you can talk to them and ask them to help you to meet these needs. Regardless of whether you receive a yes, which is means that that person will at least attempt to meet your need. Again, the strategy may be ineffective, and once they've tried or done their best, you may find that person wasn't optimal. You may find the strategy wasn't op- optimal, so you can change either one. Or you may need to enter a process of negotiation with them to help them get to a place where they can create the intention to meet the need in a way that may change the time or the manner or the place where the need is met, but where you can still get your need met at some point. So I hope this has been helpful. I find it to be invaluable information for living about our needs and a way to look at it and a way to actually get our needs met effectively. I hope you enjoy applying it. You can find me at byraba.com, B as in boy, for by Rabba, or me at byraba.com, or Google Ryan Orock, and you can find me on Facebook and connect to me there. If you have any questions, let me know, and I want to know how it goes in getting your needs met. So let me know your experiences or comments or questions about this. Thank you for listening. This has been Ryan Orock.